0: The Amazing Adventures of Wig Girl, Chapter 14. True Love Reveals. Charlotte took one last look around before going into the house where her apartment was. There was no sign of Harry. She pushed the door of her apartment closed behind her and locked it. Hortense, sensing her distress, came over to give her a warm welcome rub with his body. "Purr," He let out as loudly as he could. Charlotte reached down and scooped him up, pulling his warm, furry body close to hers. "'Thank God I can count on you.' She stroked his back with her free hand and collapsed on the couch with Hortons on top of her. It was only one o'clock. She had lots of time and really felt the need for a nap before going out again. Outside, Harry appeared from out of the shadows and looked longingly at her door. He checked his watch and disappeared again into the shadows. Inside Charlotte fell into a light and troubled slumber. She woke to the sound of Hortons purring loudly in her ear. Charlotte jumped off the couch and felt surprisingly refreshed. No more snoozing for this gal. I've got places to go and people to see. Charlotte jumped into the shower and was soon dressing up in her best Scarlet May outfit, happy that it was cold out because these wigs were hot. She had given a lot of thought to how not to be caught by the police or other well-meaning citizens and decided on the newer black coat hoping that Lewis wouldn't remember it anyway. She wrapped a scarf around her head, covering her nose and mouth and pushed her sunglasses up her nose. She took a final look in the mirror before heading out the door. Perfect, you couldn't see a thing. The irony of hiding herself under a wig and then hiding her hidden self under a scarf didn't escape Charlotte, and she couldn't help but feel a little excited by the whole escapade, as long as she didn't think about the police catching her, of course. Finally, she grabbed a fairly large purse in which she had carefully placed the black-haired violet wig and a hairbrush. With that, she was off. In her excitement, Charlotte forgot to take a good look around her when she left her apartment, so she didn't see Harry lurking behind her. She did, however, think that she caught sight of him getting on the bus after her at the last minute, but she wasn't entirely sure that it was him. First of all, she couldn't see that well with her sunglasses on, and secondly, Harry had disguised himself a little bit as well, having invested in a different coat, hat, sunglasses, and the requisite face-hiding scarf. She eyed him suspiciously when he got on, but quickly looked away. If it was Harry, he pretended not to notice her, sat down, opened a magazine, and appeared to be reading. The bus rambled on, and Charlotte looked up every once in a while to check that he was still there, hoping that she was wrong and that he would get off somewhere. She decided to get off a few stops past the church and walk back. That way, she would easily be able to tell if he was following her back along the same route that the bus had already taken. About two stops before the church, Harry got off, leaving Charlotte relieved but puzzled. What was he up to? She stuck to her plan, however, and got off at the stop past the church, walking first away from the church and then around the block and coming back. All the while, she was looking over her shoulder and each time she found herself completely alone. She was starting to relax a little more. All of this cloak and dagger stuff was really going straight to her head. Still, when she came within sight of the church, she hung back and looked around just to be on the safe side. People were starting to enter in twos and threes. There was no sign of Harry anywhere. She almost would have preferred to see him as her intuition told her that he was up to something. At least if she saw him, she would know what. But this way, she was left with the suspense of not knowing when or how he was going to appear. But then she comforted herself. She could just be overly paranoid. St. Agatha's was a large stone church that was somewhat neglected, but still charming. The afternoon concerts, as it turned out, were an effort to raise money for renovations. Charlotte made a modest donation for her ticket and took a seat off to the side and near the back in the hopes that she could better see who came and went. By three o'clock, the hall was about two thirds of the way full. It was a decent turnout. Apparently the quartet were well known and had a loyal following. At the last minute, Tony walked in. Charlotte shrunk down in her pew and stared into her program. She'd taken off her sunglasses as the church was dimly lit, but had kept her coat and scarf on. For once, she was glad that it was a little cold and drafty. Most of the audience had kept their coats on. They should probably fix the heat, Charlotte couldn't help thinking as she watched Tony search the audience for her. He eventually gave up, and took a seat across the aisle from Charlotte, keeping his eyes glued on the door. Charlotte followed his gaze just as the disguised Harry walked in. Harry looked around and spotted her immediately, and then spotted Tony. Harry and Tony glared at each other. Harry finally looked away, and sat down a couple of pews back from Charlotte, but closer to the aisle, almost as though he planned to make a quick getaway. The lights dimmed and the quartet walked out to the thunderous applause. They took their seats and began to play. It was magical. No one moved for the full hour, which was over in the blink of an eye as far as Charlotte was concerned. The music had transported her to another dimension and left her back at her seat unmoved when it was over. She took in a deep breath and felt her body melt as her mind drifted back into her body. Charlotte took a slow and serene look around. The audience was getting up to stretch their legs. Both Harry and Tony had their eyes locked on one another and Charlotte was able to slip away to the back room to find Lewis. Her heart was pounding as she made her way through the people searching for where the musicians might be. She followed the crowds down the stairs and into a basement hall where coffee and cakes were being served. She spotted Lewis immediately amongst a crowd of admirers. She didn't take the time to check for Harry or Tony and headed straight towards Lewis, barging in on his conversation with another fan. She grabbed his arm to get his attention. Excuse me, I have to talk to you now. Hey, Lewis grabbed his arm back. What do you... He looked up just as Charlotte moved back the corner of her scarf, allowing a lock of red hair to fall out. "'Oh, I see!' he exclaimed. Lewis turned to face his admirers and excused himself before leading Charlotte into the back room and shutting the door. Charlotte pulled off her scarf and smiled. Lewis' eyes lit up. "'Is it really you?' "'I think so.' "'But,' Lewis was at a loss. "'I can't stay long. "'It's not safe for me. "'Of course, of course, but...' But at least tell me your name. Scarlet. Scarlet May. How? I mean, how did you find me? Charlotte shrugged and Lewis beamed. It doesn't matter. I'm just so glad that you did. He reached out and held her hands in his. I can't believe that you're here. That you're real. I thought you were just an illusion. Likewise. Scarlet looked down, strands of red hair obscuring her face. Your music. It's beautiful. Lewis placed his hand on her chin and tilted her face up. You're beautiful. Scarlet blushed. I have to go. She pulled away. But how can I find you? Scarlet thought for a moment. Sunday Mass. I'll meet you here for Mass. Lewis nodded and kissed her hand as she pulled away. "'Heavenly,' he whispered to her retreating figure. Back in the church basement, Charlotte panicked. She could see Harry at the other end looking around for her. Tony was nowhere to be seen. She ducked down a back hallway that led to the furnace room and searched frantically for an exit. She finally found a door that led to another hallway that was dark and deserted. Charlotte ran down the hall and at last found a door that led out to the back of the church. The cold air slapped her in the face and brought her back to her senses. She was giddy with excitement and fear. Charlotte hesitated for a moment, fixed her scarf and quickly walked away from the church. She ducked into the nearest restaurant and headed straight for the ladies room. Luck was with her again, and she needed it. The ladies' room was a single bathroom. She could change wigs and privacy, and that's exactly what she did. Changed from Scarlet to Violet. Violet emerged from the bathroom and took a seat at the back of the restaurant. It was small, fairly bare. The waitress came over to take her order, and Violet discovered that she had worked up quite a bit of an appetite in all of this excitement. She ordered a light meal and a coffee. It didn't take long for it to arrive, or for her to finish it. Violet felt surprisingly energetic after eating. One last trip to the bathroom, and she was off to meet Tony, wondering how he managed to go to the concert at the church if he was supposed to be working. It was a bit of a walk to the restaurant where Tony worked. By the time Violet got there, she was cold and not so excited about her escapades. Tony was waiting for her at a table at the back. He stood up and waved when she walked in. There was another young man at the bar. Violet smiled and sat down at the table. You're not working? No, I, uh, I took the afternoon off. I'm flattered. Oh, Tony looked uncomfortably down at his hands. Can I get you a drink? He asked his hands. Violet thought about having another coffee, but decided on a glass of red wine instead. Tony jumped up from the table to get their drinks a little too quickly, and Violet started to wonder what it was that he was up to. She took off her coat and checked her reflection in her pocket mirror. Tony returned with her wine and a beer for himself. Cheers! Violet raised her glass to Tony. Tony raised his glass in return, and they both took a sip. An awkward silence followed. So, Violet ventured, how are you? Tony still hadn't looked at her. Well, he began, I'm a little worried about a friend. What's wrong with him? Her, actually. Tony was pulling the fingers on one hand with the other hand and then alternating. Violet quietly waited for him to continue. Tony finally looked up, although he still didn't look directly at her. Violet, I have to be honest with you. Violet leaned in. Go on. I'm in love with someone else. Violet said nothing. I think at least, Tony added as an afterthought, I know this is all very weird, but I asked out this girl because my uncle felt sorry for her. I guess she comes into his store all the time looking a little lost and lonely, so he kind of set it up in a way that I could ask her out. Violet still said nothing. Tony continued. What harm could it do? He held his hands open wide, imploringly. How bad could it be? I would just take her to the local pub for a bite, have a nice chat, and that would be the end of it. it sounds harmless. Sounds harmless. Violet finally ventured, completely fascinated by the confession and unsure what to make of it all. "'I still don't get it, though. So now you love this girl?' Tony nodded and looked completely surprised himself. "'Who would have thought it? She's really mousy and introverted, not my type at all. "'But I took her out last night,' Violet interrupted him. "'The same night you asked me out?' Tony nodded apologetically. Yeah, the same night I asked you out. But you're so much more... So much more what? So much more of a woman. Charlotte's like a girl. But you went ahead with your date anyway. Well, you couldn't make it, so what the hell? I'd already asked her. Go on. So I took her to the pub and... And Tony fumbled for the words completely fell in love with her. I see, Violet grinned. She's amazing, surprisingly so. Sweet and innocent and trustworthy. Like what you see is what you get. No games like all the other women I've dated. She's refreshing. And do you love her so much that you would love her no matter what you found out about her? I mean, is your love that deep? Absolutely. Tony looked relieved. So you see, it would be wrong for me to date you now. Charlotte started laughing. Well, not entirely. Charlotte reached out and grabbed Tony's hand. Tony? Tony pulled his hand away and looked stubbornly at his beer. Tony? Charlotte grabbed his hand more firmly this time. Look at me, please. Tony looked up at Violet, who reached up and pulled off her wig, revealing Charlotte underneath. Tony, it's me, Charlotte. Tony looked horrified, as though he was looking at a ghost. He pulled his hand away and was trembling visibly. How could you? I didn't mean to, Charlotte began. I trusted you. But how could you? Please, let me explain. This isn't a game, you know, playing with people's feelings like that. I trusted you. Tony got up and put his coat on. Charlotte got up to stop him. Tony, wait, please, listen, I can explain. You, he pointed an excusatory finger at her, you deserve that weirdo, Harry. And to think I defended you. Tony shook his head and left. Tony, please. Charlotte pleaded as he left the restaurant. He left without even looking back. Charlotte could feel the hot sting of tears in her eyes and a heavy ache in her stomach. She sat back down, buried her head in her hands and cried. He was right after all. She had tricked him, although not entirely on purpose. I mean, she didn't mean to come in here the other day. It was just a fluke. Still, she could have told him the truth then. But she didn't know him then. He might have turned out to be a real jerk and the whole story seemed crazy. Still, she definitely should have told him on their date when they seemed to be getting along so well. But how could she? Didn't she lie again about knowing Lewis? And didn't she go see Lewis just earlier that afternoon? It suddenly dawned on Charlotte that Tony had taken her absence from the afternoon's concert as a sign that she was an honest and trustworthy person. It would never occur to him that she was there in disguise. What kind of a horrible person had she become? Charlotte sniffed and reached into her purse for a tissue to dry her eyes, but couldn't find one. The bartender, also Tony's uncle, had watched the whole thing and took it upon himself to find out exactly what had happened. He came over to Charlotte's table with a bottle of wine, a glass for himself, and a napkin for her tears. May I? May I? Charlotte shrugged and accepted the napkin. She wiped the tears from her eyes and gave her nose a loud blow. "'Thank you,' she snuffled as the bartender filled her glass and then his own. Charlotte wrinkled her forehead. "'Is it okay for you to do that?' "'Well, I guess so, since I own the place.' He looked up from pouring the wine and smiled. "'Anyway, the evening staff will come in soon, and as you can see—' "'he gestured around the empty restaurant. "'We seem to be quiet at the moment. "'He raised his glass to Charlotte, who did the same, "'and they each took a sip in silence. "'I'm also Tony's uncle, Cosmo. "'I'm Charlotte. "'Ah, I see,' Cosmo's expression was friendly "'and not in the least judgmental. "'Not that it's strictly any of my business "'beyond looking out for my nephew,' do you mind telling me what happened? It's kind of complicated. That's okay, I've got time. And we've got plenty of wine. He raised his glass and drank again. Charlotte blew her nose and looked at Cosmo. He looked as good-natured as Garibaldi. Are you a relation to Garibaldi? My brother. Charlotte smiled. Of course. She took a big gulp of wine for courage and mustered up all of her willpower. You promised to hear the whole story and not... not... turn you into the police? Charlotte's jaw dropped to the floor. What do you mean by that? Nothing. I was only teasing you. Although judging from your reaction... Well, let me say that I won't turn you into the police if that's something that you happen to be worried about. Well... "'Charlotte hesitated. "'I'm normally very boring, honestly. "'I work at this little library in Spooksville "'that no one even uses, it seems. "'I live alone with my cat, Hortense, "'and I read trashy novels about other people "'doing things that I would never dare to do, "'which,' Charlotte gestured with her hands "'and gave a little laugh, "'is just about anything that is beyond "'what I just described. "'Sounds pretty innocent so far,' And then one day, I found this red wig. And that's when the whole trouble started.